0: Thanks for the memories. I am your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about uh, Forest Gump. To talk about this, we have returning from Turner and Hooch, uh, Daniel Iffland. Hello, Daniel.
1: Good day, Darren.
2: Good day, everyone.
0: And we have Erin uh, G- Gambrell. Hello, Erin.
1: Hello.
0: And Rob Arnold. Hello, Rob.
1: Hello. Life is like a box of chocolate. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so let's jump in then. I mean, we start the film with the framing device, um, which obviously they will return to. Um, you know, kind of. As each period of his life finishes, kind of as he stops being a child, as he graduates from college, as he leaves the army, um, we return. And obviously each time there is a different person on the bench uh, being harassed by this man who just keeps telling his entire life to mm-hmm. any old stranger who sitting next to him. Um, and <laughs> the funniest thing about this, of course, is that he, you know, uh, whilst kind of just, you know, telling people about his life story, um, he will often repeat things that his mama would say. And um, it seems that she speaks basically kind of in slogans throughout her entire life. And those have all been passed on to Forrest. It it should go without saying, but, uh, you know, this is a Tom Hanks podcast. And obviously Tom Hanks um, in this film, he won an Oscar for a reason. And that is because he I mean, I would say this is kind of unlike any of his other characters. Like there's nothing that is even kind of close to. Um, the the way that he inhabits this character. Like he you know, obviously he's you know, been a great actor in, in previous films. Um, you know, obviously he embodied the very turnness of Turner, um, in Turner and Hooch. Um but in this in this case he's playing a character who um, you know, as is said several times throughout the film, uh, stupid is as stupid does. And I think Tom Hanks kind of has to walk this line of making this character somebody who is uh, you know, an observer of history, and occasionally kind of bumps into famous people throughout history. And towards the end of the film, is sick of meeting presidents, basically, <laughs> um, because he just keeps. I think he keeps going to the White
1: House and just meeting another president.
3: President again. <laughs> I think that's why they they took
1: out the George Bush uh, scene. I think they figured yeah, that, 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 that would have been one too
0: too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but I like he obviously has to embody this extremely simple person who kind of has a very uh, simple view of life. Um, and, you know, I think at this point everyone kind of knows he basically copied um, the way that Nate. Nathan... apparently he had concerns about, you know, the use of the accent uh, within the film. Um, and then he met, you know, the younger version of himself and he spent a few a few days kind of just hanging around with him and then just basically imitate him because that kid just spoke like that anyway. You know, obviously he's he's not really an actor. Um, I think this is really his only credit he did a few things after this but you know this is the only big credit that he had
1: he's and actually so, on that documentary that I mentioned and he talks about the fact that, that that's what he's known for
3: yeah uh,
0: and he, he actually
1: Humphrey's... went on to
3: serve in the army so like oh, <laughs> like his older <laughs> self uh, yeah I read that somewhere
0: Tom Hanks, the funny thing is Tom Hanks did this with Big where they would all the scenes that he was playing he would have David Moscow on set and he would just have him do the lines and play the scene and then he would just kind of copy the way that he gave his reactions so you know if you think tom hanks is very i mean it, it seems to work out because he got oscar nominated for big and he got oscar nominated for this so uh, it feels like there's a secret in hollywood which is just copy a younger kid who is a good actor <laughs> and you know that is it that's how you find the character. To be a good actor You're just copy um, a
1: kid and do things in the way that the kid would act
0: i feel like there are some actors who probably have tried that and it has not worked out exactly um well probably not uh, so, <laughs> but you know you have to have a certain measure of talent and obviously tom hanks has that
3: i mean i do um, i think that it adds a level of like certainly realism in a kind of unrealistic movie but like you know playing a character who is quote-unquote simple-minded playing a character from the south some you know sometimes that can be um, a condescending performance like um, you know I, I feel like I you could see someone sort of making fun of of characters like that um, but if he's like you know portraying someone like a kid you know who would be more simple-minded I guess than an adult anyway um, or any someone from the south who's you know already has an accent I think that it adds like this nice sort of sympathy to that kind of character which is good. It's, like, less cartoony than it could have been. Although it's pretty
1: cartoony. Right. There's, also, there's also the idea that that there's always someone who's looking out for him. He doesn't really know how to look out for himself. You know, it's either fate mm-hmm. that's looking out for him yeah. with a lot of things that happens, or one of his, you know, four or five uh, best friends in the movie you know, who are there by his side mm-hmm. to, to steer him in the right direction and stop other people from doing things to him. Although, of course, we start,
0: uh, you know, after we've been on the bench and, and Forrest Gump introduces himself to a stranger um, and tells us that life is like a box of chocolates, a phrase that has never made any sense to me at all, um, because in all of the box of chocolates that you get in the UK comes a little piece of paper that tells you what all of those chocolates are. Uh, and and that has always been the case. So I don't know how... I don't know what's going on in America where they just give you bo- random there boxes are. of chocolates. With,
3: <laughs> there are well, boxes you go, of so chocolates, usually the ones that are shaped like hearts, where... It's anyone's guess. I've definitely seen the ones yeah. you're talking about, the ones that have kind of like a legend of like you know, which yeah. like a map. But um, but there are chocolate yeah. boxes of chocolates where it's a real gamble. What a country.
0: <laughs> I uh, well yeah so 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 once we once we get uh, you know a couple of mama's phrases um, and we find out about some shoes. Um, you know, Forrest, of course, commenting commenting on this lady's shoes and saying how they're very nice, and he would like a pair of those shoes. And her basically being like, "My feet hurt, so you know, like, <laughs> I, please just give it a rest." Um, we find out. We, I mean, in a, in a, one of the most jarring things in this entire film, we find out the Forrest Gump is named after Nathan Bedford Forrest, the founder of the KKK. And we get a nice <laughs> little sequence where somebody puts on a hood, and uh, Forrest explains to us what the KKK were, and I to be honest with you, it's been a while since I've seen this film, and I did not remember this. And I was like, "Oh yes, right, of course, yeah." Robert Zemeckis likes to do kind of like slightly odd things like this in his films, where he kind of will kind of throw the audience off a little bit. Um, and you know, there is it's this weird thing where I mean, this is obviously again, this will become a running gag. We find out obviously that his mother, um, she owns this house, which was owned by I think he says like something like four greats. So it's been in the it's been in the family for like eight generations. And of course in the South, that implies something very specific It's a plantation house. 100%
3: just looking at it, you can tell. Yeah.
0: But also like this will, this will become something that will recur with, uh, you know, the characters. When we meet some of the characters, we will see, um, you know, a history of the same character existing through the generations. Um, you know, in particular with Lieutenant Dan and obviously with, uh, Bubba's mother, you Mm -hmm. know, like they've been effectively kind of stuck in this loop of doing the same thing every single generation. um, but you know
1: it's straight away you did notice that that it is tom hanks who yes plays Nathan cut, Nathan cut into birth of would... the
3: nation i think yeah. i think that shot was from birth yes
1: correct yes yeah that's kind of
2: my re it for the first time in two years like i thought a lot but i probably haven't watched it in five ten years the the silvestri score and then him being on the bench which is sweeping and like and the first five minutes is almost like a flying high movie like there's no way to take that part about the clan and and his forebears, apart from the obvious the, the, it is ludicrously yeah. high concept comedy like it's really going for a big gag that we're supposed to laugh at i, I assume and then we get into the doctor's office and it's just such a the, I found that a little bit jarring on entry here. You that <laughs> know, that's how the movie keeps going, and I don't mean just the <laughs> mention of who's uh who's his forebearers, but just the, the tone just switching entirely from a sweeping uh fifties style movie to a almost spoof movie for the first five minutes until you get your bearings. It's a it's a really strange little little five minute.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I think as well, you know, uh like obviously You know, we will need to talk about the casting of the mother played here by Sally Field, obviously wonderful in this film, as she was um, six years previous when she was in Punchline with Tom Hanks. And she played somewhat, I mean, I would say his lover, but she's not because they only kiss No, and she she turns him down. She sticks with her husband, a husband played, of course, by John Goodman, which in the in the novel, Forrest Gump is like six, six and basically is John Goodman. So it's just a whole bunch of weird things. And obviously this role was also offered to uh, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase. <laughs> and, Sean Penn. Um, Sean Penn had stated that he was second, like, you know, behind Tom Hanks to, to do the role, uh, which, of course, would have ended up with another I Am Sam situation. There, there is not
2: a movie I'd like to see less in the world than Sean Penn's
0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird, obviously, that Robin Wright, I don't think at this point, was married no. to Sean Penn. So, no, so right. you know, Robin Wright, I, not Robin Wright Penn. Yes. Mm-hmm. No. So it would have been interesting to see them on screen, you know, for the first time in Forrest Gump. I don't think that film would have made any money, um, but still that would have been interesting. But yeah, Sally Field is wonderful in this film. She does. It. It's weird because I remembered her being in this film a lot more. Uh, maybe that's just because I was a huge fan of Sally Field when I saw this film. Um, and obviously a huge fan of her from punchline. Cause I think I'd seen punchline before I saw uh, Forrest Gump. So that did like kind of I straight away. I was like, this is a bit weird. She's playing his mom. And obviously, the point is, um, Tom Hanks is basically playing this character over a long period of time. Once he's not a kid, Tom Hanks is playing him from basically a teenager um, through to kind of like his mid thirties, um, which works because obviously he's Fort, in his forties even. I think. Wait. Uh, yeah,
1: it was in his forties. Well, Jenny's thirty-eight yeah. he...
3: when she passes.
0: But you know, when we when we first meet him in in character, he's basically a teenager, <laughs> which obviously. Yeah you know draws comparisons to i don't know walk hard where we have uh, you know a fully grown adult playing a teenager um but it it's not as bad it like it isn't as bad in this film as it is in in some other films where people have played teenagers
3: i mean yeah if john travolta can play a high schooler in greece then i think <laughs> that we have some precedent for well
0: yeah uh john travolta of course turned this film down dealer, as well yeah. so yeah he would have he would have been playing a a teenager once more uh like I don't know, like 16 years after Greece, would have been quite a stretch. Um, But yeah, so I mean, Sally Phil's not in this a huge amount, but obviously the fact that Forrest is constantly saying that Mama used to say, I think it means that her her character always feels like she's in the film in a way um, throughout here. And obviously... Um, You know, she gets she gets these magic shoes for uh, Forrest, which are obviously part of these leg braces that Mm -hmm. are extremely unwieldy on him. And she basically runs the former plantation home as a uh, a B&B, effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have a bit of a monologue. Obviously, I should say as well, Tom Hanks is narrating throughout this entire film almost nonstop. (laughs) He's, uh, you know, when he's not on screen, he's talking. And, you know, we find out that the kind of the setup was that, you know, she would be renting out all the rooms. And obviously they were very busy. And that is how they basically made money. You know, she her own job was basically just running, you know, this kind of boarding house for people. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure how many people really needed to go to this small town in Alabama, but apparently a lot of them (laughs) and they filled up this boarding house with all of its different rooms. Um, And this is when we find out, you know, not only is um, Forrest, you know, wearing these leg braces, um, but his mother, um, as the <laughs> as the uh, principal says, uh, she really cares about her son's education, <laughs> um, and we find out that he has an IQ of seventy five, an IQ which I feel does not change for the rest of the film. It's kind of implied that that is the level he he kind of stuck at. Um, you know, there is some talk about sending him to uh, you know a school um, special that, you know, school, would not be like a mm-hmm. yeah a special school, which would not be for like kind of the general school in and obviously you know his his mother kind of makes sure that that does not happen um you know by any means necessary and this is when uh we find out that uh well first of all uh Elvis Presley stayed there uh I did like this this is like the first time where they kind of do anything related to history uh Elvis stays at the boarding house we never see Elvis's face uh we only hear his voice And he, uh, you know, while playing music to Forrest, Forrest does some dancing with his leg braces and obviously this restricts his movement. And so it forces him to move his hips more. And, uh, you know, kind of a scene later, we see Elvis Presley on the television scandalizing the American nation uh, by moving his hips Um, and voiced by Kurt Russell, who obviously had worked with... um, you know, he had been in both an
1: Elvis movie. He worked with with Elvis also. Yeah, yeah. he'd
0: been in an Elvis movie with John Carpenter, and then also he'd worked with Robert Zemeckis. I think in Used Cars was it like was Russell? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, he obviously came in and uncredited did a, a little bit of Elvis impersonating. Um, but yeah, so I I mean I think this is like this is the first time where we d- where we kind of have um, Forrest interacting with history, but kind of in a very slight way in just the fact that he danced for Elvis, which stands a bit odd. Um, And then obviously Elvis stole his dance. Um, And I like that, you know, uh, his mother is scandalized as everybody was by Elvis's hips. Um, You know, it's like a nice little detail that she she says this is not for children's
1: eyes, which is (laughs) which I just thought was quite funny. Especially given the scene right beforehand where she, you know, where she cares about his education and he's sitting outside (laughs) listening to everything. So for her to say at this point that uh you know this isn't for children's eyes is pretty interesting (laughs) i
3: think this is also not just like a first instance of him you know touching history but like this is like the first of many many times where history not only happens to him but then he influences history so like um you know he's just he's just kind of this character who like goes through life and things happen around him but then he inadvertently then influences and inspires other events to happen like more well-known events so like in this case yeah but it would make i mean i don't know like 1950s you know alabama is not that not that far from you know tennessee and mississippi and other places where elvis would have been playing so this is for me it's like the most realistic thing to happen
0: yeah um and i don't know why but for some reason people do not like forrest gump And this is made clear when he gets on the school bus, uh, driven by Siobhan Fallon Hogan, who... Uh, bookends the film, um, like which I you know I've seen her in a lot of other stuff and she's always great. Uh, mm-hmm. She only has like a, a tiny cameo here essentially, but uh, it's quite fun. Um, you know she makes friends with Forrest by saying her name because obviously he won't get on the bus because she's a stranger and his you know his mother has been obviously very careful and said don't go anywhere with strangers. And of course he gets on the he's still wearing his leg braces I should say at this point. He gets on the bus and literally every single kid it just doesn't want him to sit next to them. I don't know here. why. <laughs> I have no idea. Like he, in, he hasn't.
3: taken. Right. Take he,
0: he hasn't done anything. He's just like he's just literally. There's. I mean, those two kids when they're like they move across. There's no space for him to sit there anyway. Like you're just deliberately being mean to him for no reason. <laughs> um, but of course, all of this sets him up for meeting uh, the most beautiful thing he's ever seen, uh, which is Jenny. I'm not going to say the way it. You know, the way that he says it throughout the entire film. Um, I feel like, you know, I'm not a stand-up comedian in 1995, so I don't need to say, say it that way. Um, played by uh, Hannah R. Hall, who I uh, recognised uh, as Cecilia Lisbon from The Virgin Suicides, which is one of my favourite films. Oh, wow. and was the first film was the first film that I ever bought on DVD. Um, and I didn't even have a DVD player at the time, but I don't think it was available on VHS. <laughs> so I was like, I really want to see this film again. At some point, I'll buy a DVD player. Um, so I bought that as my first DVD. So, yeah, and she is, uh, like... Uh, she's great in Virgin Suicides, but she's really good here Both. as
2: the young Jenny. Yeah. Both uh, kids are. And Both, I, kids. Both kids keep your interest. yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, Little Forest has to play a big accent and a big um, physical mm-hmm. uh, performance, and he does it well. I think he's pretty great. Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I don't think that Hannah R. Hall is playing as broad as <laughs> as he is. She obviously... You know, uh, she's she's not from the south, you know, so she doesn't really have the. I think she's I think she's more imitating what Robin Wright does with the character,
1: um, mm-hmm. rather than the other way around in that particular case.
0: Um, which, but which of course, totally makes
1: sense because Robin Wright is apparently playing a the more serious of the two of them, the more adult between them. So to have a, a child copy the adult from the perspective, and then having uh tom hanks copy a child because his character's child like that there, there is something to that that would be interesting mm-hmm. if that really yeah. is what happened
0: and um you know uh, we should say obviously the character of jenny there is some kind of abuse that is happening um this is i mean they they use the narration for tom hanks to be like her her father is like always hugging and kissing her and her sisters and you know obviously if you're younger you just you know, there's no, you're not really picking up on what's going on there. But, you know, as the film goes on, it is it's kind of made more and more explicit exactly what happened. Um, and, you know, that is one of the reasons why she spends time with Forrest is to get away from her father, um, you know. And and also, for some reason, people just start throwing rocks at uh, Forrest Gump. I don't know why, but they're just like, you know, they don't like him. And so some bullies just start throwing stuff at him. Um, and then this is, of course, where, you know, we get the, I don't know, one of the more famous quotes from the film, which is run, Forest run, um, you know, as as implored by Jenny. Um, and she just keeps saying it over and over again as well. This isn't that I noticed in that scene. She just literally keeps saying run, forest run, even when he's out of earshot. She just keeps saying it. Um, and as he runs, his calipers just fall away from his legs. And all of a sudden he can just run very fast. Um, and, you know we get a little scene where um, he goes to find Jenny um, and they they kind of run away to a cornfield and she, she, you know, she prays to be a bird so she can fly away. Um, And then shortly after that, uh, her father is taken into custody and she moves in with her grandma. Um, And then uh, we get finally in the film, uh, younger Tom Hanks. And again, some bullies this time in a car just start throwing stuff at him. (laughs) And once again, I don't know why Jenny needs to tell him this. But, you know, because it looks like he's been doing this his whole life now. Uh, but she has to say that he has to run. And, of course, she says, run for run again. And off he runs. And this is where the film then takes a turn into what I like to call extremely comical. In that <laughs> Tom Hanks just runs into a field. <laughs> and he's running so fast, he runs past all the football players that are on the field. And you know the coaches kind of spot how quick he's running and they're like who is that and one of them just goes oh that's just a local idiot yeah yeah <laughs> for <Forrest> the <Gump. laughs> but obviously he
1: runs the local idiot that's a local yeah.
0: idiot yeah he runs so fast that basically he gets himself a scholarship to college mm-hmm. um now i would say that there is some criticism that can be leveled at this film uh, that basically it is about boomers telling themselves how great boomers are and I would say there might be a tiny bit of satire, were it not for the fact that um, Bobby Z himself is also a boomer. The fact that that all it takes for Forrest to go to college is to just run very fast down the field. And I like the joke that it takes him five years to graduate from college because obviously, (laughs) you know, I'm guessing he probably wasn't, you know, doing the rest of the classes that he needed um, to get his degree. But just the fact that he runs fast is enough for him to just basically just run into a college scholarship without even trying, without putting any effort in, um, you know, as, you know, I'm sure many boomers did. He's just given a college, there he is. He's in college without any,
3: without any trying, uh, no debt, no nothing. Just there you go. I mean, that's Um, that college football is a huge thing, especially, you know, Crimson Red, Alabama. That's a huge college. I mean, a huge like football college. So yeah, I mean, I could totally see <laughs> people getting a scholarship and like not needing any academic support. And, you know, well, just they
1: give us they give us a hint later on when he they talks about the fact that he sits next to the girls in home ec, meaning they're giving yeah. him really simple courses to 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 try to get through. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I love I love the yeah. way that the you know the first time they give him the football, he runs across the field and just continues running even after he gets a touchdown <laughs> and like yeah. like uh, runs over all the guys in the band. And then in the next time that they show him doing it, they actually have, you know, uh, people holding up signs saying, stop, Forrest. Yeah, I mean, I I, like
0: I guess obviously 20 years later or, you know, almost 30 years later, this kind of functions a little bit as satire. But I don't think that, that Robert Zemeckis means this to be satire. You know, it might be a mild commentary on you know football scholarships and how people can get athletic scholarships to you know u.s colleges and basically do nothing um but i don't i don't think that's his complete well, i
3: think intent. it's a device i mean it's a device to get yeah. him you know to not just stay at home and take care of his mom like to get him out and have more experiences with other people so yeah i think that's might be part of it so yeah
2: and if you're going to set something in alabama like this- Alabama Alabama University, like Crimson Tide, is going to be. It it should be in your movie. Such a all-consuming passion in that state, or in the South in general. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Right. It also gives him the chance to run into uh, George Wallace, um, you know, who at at the time was, um, you know, protesting uh, the integration of colleges. Uh, And obviously, we see the first two college students, um, you know, arrive at um, at U of A. And the funny, obviously, you know, this is where we see this, I think, is the first integration of uh, Forrest Gump into like, um, you know, news footage where he picks up a book of Vivian Jones and gives it to her. And what I like is like the the immediate smash cut to people watching the like the kind of the news event on TV. And uh, now Daniel will be familiar with this from Turner and Hooch. Tom Hanks showing off his body here, uh, kind of coming out of the shower. Yeah, I mean, it's a tremendous
2: gag, but uh, it's not really even a gag when the when the coaches like say, "Is that Gump?" and they look at him, and he just gives this wave like a, Ooh. and it's like he does <laughs> like that wave like three times in the movie, and it's such a oblivious fantasy, but it's, it's so very funny. And he knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, you know, he's a very physical actor at the time. So that yeah. really killed you know, me. <laughs> and that that one, I mean, I can't speak for for, for everybody, and the whole movie obviously has its problems, but that Wallace footage might be the most egregious part of this movie in terms of its, its yeah. integration. Good lord! Just yeah. <laughs> watching it again, you're like, holy moly! I just swerve away from that one.
1: Well, what's, what's really interesting is is that that four years later, uh, Garnett played George Wallace in a uh in a in a miniseries that they did and he actually won i think an emmy and a golden globe for for his portrayal of wallace so that that's a great connection
0: yeah and later on in the film we will hear sweet home alabama um which of course references uh the governor where they say uh, in birmingham they love the governor which made some people think that for some reason, Leonard Skinner would like pro George Wallace when in fact that song is anti George Wallace, but I don't know, you know, that's, that's what some people like to misinterpret things, but yeah. Um, during this time, of course, uh, Jenny is also going to college, um, but she is um, not going to a co-ed college. Um, and uh, so obviously Forrest visits her, um, And by visitor, he he sits in the rain while she is um, in a car (laughs) with some other fella. Um, and much like in Back to the Future, um, Forrest plays the role. Hey, hey. Of, <laughs> plays the role. Yeah, plays the role of George McFly, and just pulls a guy out of the car. And, like just opens up the door and just starts wailing on the floor.
3: Forrest Gump's punching style is <laughs> very, very funny to me. He is just like a, a like a pile driver, and he just like keeps one motion. <laughs> It's amazing,
1: and we get to see it a few times in this movie because he he is, he is constantly yeah. trying to protect Jenny physically because he knows that mentally he can't do it. So, and he's a very physical person. I mean, mm. you, you mentioned earlier, Darren, that that in the original story, you know, he's this this uh, wrestler type guy, six foot something, you know, two hundred and forty two pounds or whatever it is. You know, they they give that type of role to Tom Hanks to pretend to to be able to you know use his strength to beat up on anybody who's who's possibly treating jenny improperly Mm
2: -hmm.
1: well we've just seen him get out of the shower. we've just seen
0: that body you know and it's i feel like he's special effects special
1: effects he could take (laughs) you've seen captain america haven't you
0: (laughs) (laughs) i've also seen turner and hooch there was no special effects in that that was pure hanks that was like he was you know he was extremely built in that For no real reason. To be a small town detective made no sense. Um, Of course, uh, he ends up becoming uh, all American and (laughs) ends up meeting uh, JFK, uh, which again leads to some more integration into some footage. I would say that this is the I mean, the JFK stuff, I think, is the stuff that hasn't really aged the best. It's still really good special effects. Uh, but he just the movements of mouth just doesn't really kind of mm-hmm. match what he's saying, and it's it like the stuff where they're kind of um you know just in the like kind of in the room and they're they you know they're kind of like behind the scenes. I think the stuff that's done in the White House is you know is better is better than uh, the kind of the the very brief JFK talking. Um, and of course it is funny though
2: when, when he goes into the bathroom and sees the picture of Malcolm oh, Monroe yeah. next to that picture is a picture of Jack and Bobby Kennedy from the Cuban Missile Crisis and I'm like would <laughs> he keep that in his own bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> like, what a weird photo it's the, a visitor's, it's the visitor's bathroom great <laughs> yeah. right. really
1: makes... no but I mean we, we do have to take into consideration that I mean this was very innovative at the time the, no one had done something like this before with special effects of integrating, you know, in a movie, a character into another scene like that. And that's one of the reasons why they won uh, all the, they won visual effects. Yeah. You know, it's it's similar to what the year before with Jurassic Park, where, you know, it was the first time that they really made CGI characters interact with, with, uh, with live action. I'm, s- therefore... I'm, s-
0: I'm sorry, Rob, what are you saying there? They CGI what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure they just got some real dinosaurs that Steven Spielberg keeps on set you know just uh <laughs> that's what they did for that there's no way that, that was special effects Yeah okay sorry <laughs> right, I I I it.
1: they they fooled everyone you know they instead of faking the Apollo landings right. they actually used real dinosaurs the switch in uh, Jurassic Park So I apologize thank you ben, for pointing that out <laughs> you can't me you
0: can't on that one um i like i mean i don't again, this is just a weird thing that just keeps happening in this film. he says he meet, he met j f k and then he goes and then a few years later someone shot that nice president mm-hmm. and then he goes and then a few years later they shot his his younger brother, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was in the kitchen. I like the kind of you know attention to detail, but yeah, it's just like. Um, this will happen a few more times where Forrest Gump will meet people and they end up getting shot. Of course, he, he got end-
1: shot in his car. He doesn't even say he got yeah. shot in his car. And then his little brother got shot and, shot in, in the, the kitchen. The kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, which I guess is a neat way of kind of pushing us forward, because, you know, then, you know, after that, the next time we kind of um, see him is after his graduation, where he is immediately enlisted into the army. <laughs> Um like he literally has his graduation cap on and a recruiter just walks up to him and says have you thought about your future and hands him like uh you know a brochure um now what if what I find interesting is that his mother who obviously has been very protective of him d- like doesn't say don't go into the army she happily allows him to go into the army which i mean i personally would have thought his mother would have been a bit more
1: that's a she, well, yeah She's i a descendant <laughs> of uh, of a kkk so what do you expect violence Yeah yeah, uh, I
0: guess, yeah. Uh yeah. So uh, you know, she's happy to kinda of let him uh, him go off. That is my um, um, biggest laugh and... of the
2: movie though, is that scene. Because when he comes out and the recruiter is and says, Have you given any thought to your future? Tom Hanks takes it, looks at it and goes, Thought instead of future, he says thought in a very straight <laughs> way and it's, <laughs> it's, it's the best line reading. It's so perfect. Thought,
0: Yeah.
3: Very good.
0: This episode continues in part two, releasing tomorrow.